0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Vulnerability is the New Sexy. In this episode, I sit down with one of my guys, Keith Isaac Miller III. In this episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of Keith's upbringing, his relationship and strong connection to his mom, the things that he uh, went through while he was being recruited, He was a high recruit in high school And uh, he wants to shed a little bit of light on some of that And there's a lot of pressures You know, kind of a good and bad and ugly That goes along with that process And we also take some time to talk about Some of the mental health struggles That he went through in his first couple of years While he was out of Colorado And then how we got to a point To overcome The confidence that it takes To persevere and To push through I was compelled to have this conversation because oftentimes when I bring up Keith in the presence of others, uh, I often see the misconception that people have about the person that he is. When well, in my experience with him, he's been one of the most grateful, uh, hardworking, and I know that he has a, you know, he has... <laughs> a blurred line between confidence and arrogance but there is some humble and some humility to him and I hope that uh we shed some light on that uh in this interview so uh sit back and uh get to know him and hopefully you get to see what uh what I love about him all right here we go it's Miller time So let me ask you this man do you what do you know or how much do you know about like your birth story like how you got here and all of that
1: I don't know that much I mean like you talking about like my parents yeah yeah I don't I couldn't even tell you really I just know that they both play sports at uh well my dad played football at UNT and then my mom she was going to UNT to play basketball I think I think they met in that area, UNT area, and then started dating. That's really all I know from my understanding.
0: And even with that, you still carry a name that's been passed down through two previous generations. Yep. So for you, what does being Keith Isaac Miller III mean or does it not mean anything really at all? I mean, it
1: means something because, like you said, passing down the name through generations. So, like, in a couple years, years ahead, I want to pass down the name as well. But, I mean, the name means a lot to me. Just being named after my father and my grandfather and both of them playing sports. But it just means even more because neither one of them made it to the league. They both made it to college, but – I want to be the first generation to make it to the league.
0: So tell me about your father and then your grandfather, what your relationship with them? Because,
1: well, I never even met my grandfather. I just hear stories about him from my aunts and then my grandma, my great grandma. I just hear stories about him and from my mama. But my dad, I mean, he's been in and out of jail, in and out of my life, really. But I still got to, I mean, I don't hold any grudges or anything. He, had his, he did his mistakes when he was younger. But now, I mean, I talk to him every other day, if not every other day, just trying to hold that bond with him because, I mean, growing up, it was just me and my mama. So I needed I needed that father figure in my life. And then that's when you came to play, really. So, I mean, I talk to him. He's good people. I love him to death, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to even explain the situation relationship really
0: people hear that man and and think oh there's another another person talking about they don't have a father and it, and you know so many people out here that well I didn't grow I didn't grow up without a father so you know ain't no you know it's not really a struggle because we all went through that or something like that and uh it, it's kind of discounting on those of us that have to grow up without a father when you think about that at times as you've gotten older you know let me ask you this. When you were younger, when did you kind of realize that you were growing up without a father? When did it become clear, like, OK, some of these guys over here, because you've been playing sports for your whole life. And I'm sure you've seen fathers here and there. When did it become kind of evident to you? Like, oh, my situation is different.
1: I mean, there has been there's been times. I mean, he was in Dallas and I had a football or basketball game. He'll tell me he was coming. But I mean, he would never come. He came, I think. I think the last time I seen him at a game to watch me play, I think I was like in second or third grade. But he always been in my, like, he always been in a circle. Like, he knows, like, all my offers and stuff like that. He looks it up, but he's never been to a game since I was a little kid. But other than that, he, um, I found out really, yeah, after, after the football games, but outside of football, when he used to tell me that he was coming to get me and never got me, and then, like, there's been situations with him and my Mama. Like, he would do some stuff to my mom, not uh, not like a physical way, but like he would talk down my mama name, and then he would just go back to Houston and not tell nobody or stuff like that.
0: Your mother's your 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 ace, your number one. Um, yeah. did it started? Did it did it start? You know, uh, helping you grow resentment or? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out, like, the, the, the connection. Okay, man, this is supposed to be my father, and he's hurting my mother. So, now, who are you really to me? You know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. After – when I got older, I started realizing that, I mean, shit, I mean, she Really, all I needed was my mom at the time. She was the one that really helped me get to where I was at from football. She made me go outside. We stayed in an apartment at the time. But when I was little, I started playing football when I was four. Football, we would go outside, she would throw the ball, she would set up cones, we just did drills, stuff like that, and then basketball, her playing, she played basketball in high school and college, So basketball was her first love, so I mean, she was really hard on me, she was hard on me more, than, and you know that she was hard on me more in basketball than she was in football, What's like, if want- there was somebody that couldn't guarded me, like, you know, she would be screaming, take it yeah. to the hole, he can't guard you, but in football, she just let me do what I wanted to do, but in both sports, she really did that, but yeah, once I once I got older, I realized. I mean, all I needed was my mom, and she taught me everything how to tie a tie, all types of stuff that a father would post to do. So I really wasn't even. I really didn't even take it personal when he found out, because I knew I was gonna go places. Like I knew I was gonna get Division One offers, full ride scholarships, and then when the time came, you could obviously see that he wanted to be a part of it now.
0: So what I'm hearing you saying is that growing up, you weren't even really aware of what you was missing, uh, or at least not that aware, because your mother was filling all them gaps. Yeah. And now that you know you you know you've done well for yourself, you know, um, you feel like um things are changing a little bit in that dynamic. You feel like, I mean, that's it's not probably not just even your father, right? It's probably got a lot of people that want to be a part of you now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot a lot um, of outsiders. Yeah, and I'm going to get to that. I don't want to I don't want to skip over uh high school for you, but I definitely want to get back to um, you know, what it was like for you uh when you know, I mean, I was there, you know. I I was there pretty much when 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 you made the ESPN top 10. It was like whew, it yeah. felt like a overnight thing for at least from from my perspective from sitting where I was at. But um going back to going back to you know, your mom throwing you a ball. I didn't know your mom hooped, but it makes sense because I remember she uh jade you up when we played the parents versus uh
1: I wasn't in the game when that happened.
0: Oh well I know she she hit a few, and I I just thought she was, you know, you know, in shape or something. I didn't know she had the background. Man, all this time, it makes a lot of sense now the way she used to act those games. <laughs> She's a hooper. Uh so yeah, going back to some of that, you know, your mom put the ball in your hand. So when did you start recognizing that, okay, because I know you 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 fell into basketball first. That was your thing. you, you know you really didn't even hardly get into football from right until like high school.
1: Yeah, I didn't start taking football serious till high school, really. I, started, I played it throughout my whole life, but I didn't start taking it serious until I got my first offer in high school.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, and, and you know so basketball was it, so she put the ball in your hand. when did you start think, realizing, okay, I'm a little 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 nicer than this dude, little nicer than that dude, you know, when did it start hitting you? really like
1: I'd probably say fourth grade, yeah, fourth grade is when I really realized that I could be code in basketball when I was
0: playing with pipeline at the time, oh yeah, 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 I remember those pipeline t shirts, yeah, so <laughs> when I was playing.
1: With... <laughs> I was playing with Pipeline. Uh, we had the point guard, Jaden Jones. He goes to Rutgers now. Uh, he was one of the top guards in the nation, so he already had the attention on him. And, I mean, just me balling out, there was there was games I had more points than him. And, I mean, those games, obviously, he had more points than me. But, I mean, ever since, ever since I played with them and I was balling out, my name started getting brought up more and more. But, I, at the time, I was only in fourth grade, so, I mean, College coaches couldn't even offer play like little kids in fourth grade unless she was just like that dude. But really fourth grade is when I when I started taking a basketball serious and realized that I can I could do something out of it.
0: So I got a hold of you about sixth grade, right? And um, you know, I noticed right away that everywhere we went, you knew somebody. Every tournament. Yeah, yeah and I was like, man, why, this, why does this little dude know so many people? You know, and at the time you was, you know, you still had that baby fat on you, you know, Man. it wasn't, you know, you were a little taller than everybody, but you weren't super much taller than everybody. So I didn't, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I mean, he, all right, well, I thought, <laughs> he, all right. Yeah. but, uh, when you came in right away, it was, uh, it was like you forced me to earn your trust. And I kind of felt like, you know, that was just, maybe the way you were going to be with every every coach. Either you either you earn it, earn your tr- earn my trust, earn my respect, or I'm going to just do me. Because when you first came in, you were just, I'm going to do me. And then we kind of got to a point, even as a young person, we're like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to listen to him a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he was listening to everything. Do you remember how that was for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's always been my – that's always been like my mother – my uh motto really yeah but i got better at it as i got older but
0: what you mean by that's it?
1: what every player that's what every player like i think that's the every player's like motto like you gotta you gotta earn the coaches gotta earn your respect and trust because growing like for instance i know we're gonna talk about colorado but like at colorado when we got our new coach he came to the locker room and he told us like he's going to gain our trust Cause I mean, there's we want players don't want to play for somebody that they don't trust. Players don't want to play for somebody that they can't. Yeah, like I said, like, like they can't trust or they can't believe in to win a game or something like that. So really, trust is a big thing. That's a that's a major role for both players and coaches. So trust. When I when I gain someone trust, I mean, I know like I'm good. I'm good wherever I go with them, like. Whatever the situation is, I know that they're gonna lead me in the right way, lead me in the right path and direction for success.
0: So, so let me get personal for a second, Dan. When did you feel, or do you remember, when you felt like, okay, I can trust this guy? Just talking about me,
1: what grade was it? When we was in sixth grade, when we was in sixth, was it sixth grade when we were going, when we was going to uh, Little Arm every weekend to go play that one OTA team? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside outside of Coach J, which was the pipeline coach, you were the only coach to pick me up to and from practice, to and from games, back home because you know my mom's situation with the babies and stuff like that. That that was a that was like a peak, but I I feel like I gained your trust when you came. I I want to say when you came to Lakeview. But before you even came to Lakeview and become a uh, become a, a avid a avid teacher, but in middle school that's when I that's when I for sure gained uh, when I gained your trust because I mean you were like a second father you brought me in the house, cook you cooked for all of us really. If nobody if the basketball team was not at their own house, we were all on Nash Drive. Yeah, that's for Every fact. every weekend. Whether it was a pool after the tournament, whether it was a pool party, just for all of us, you go to the store and barbecue, whether it was Devin's birthday party when we all stayed at the house, everyone was laid out in the living room, whether it was, it could have been anything, basketball tournament after somebody football game. And then what other people don't know is everybody didn't go to Lakeview or the Colony. Well, shoot, everybody did go to Lakeview or the Colony. Really, I mean, uh, Lakeview. These are are, are
0: middle school and high school for people that are not, from uh you know our area but lakeview is a middle school he went to and uh the middle school that i worked at at the time and the colony is a single high school town so go ahead bro keep saying with you
1: so i like people don't know that the people that didn't go to the high school with us that went to other schools like for instance marshall Lee's the one he go to tayoga high school mm-hmm. uh we we all had a connection with everybody so we all like we plan to all go to a basketball game so I mean, it was just really a brotherhood with everybody, and then outside of that, yeah, it was it was really like family vibes. But when I gained, when you gained my trust, was really sixth grade going into seventh, middle school time.
0: And That seventh grade is when we started doing uh, those uh, private workouts. It was just me and you. You. And this is where this is, this is when you gained my respect because at that time, you know, we were, you know, we were having a good time. All of us were. We were traveling, you know, we were hooping, we were laughing, Um, but nobody was really talking about doing extra work. At that age, you know, you you middle school, you what, 13, you know, 13 years old and you yeah. were the first person to come pull me aside and say, can we get some extra work in? And that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, like that people don't see or notice. That people didn't, you know, when the cameras weren't on, you were the guy to say, I'm I think I can really do something with this. Let's get some extra work in, coach. And we would go into the gym, just me and you, and put extra work in. And uh yeah. that 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 was different for me. Yeah. Um nah, those so, are the days. Yeah, yeah. I still got some videos of that. But uh when when you when you talk about that brotherhood. Cause I tell people all the time, you know, I got, you know, you know, I got two sons, one, you know, the younger one doesn't really have that uh, that, that group like y'all had, but you know, when I talk, talk to people about, it was so much more than football and basketball, man. Like I never experienced anything like that. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I know you got, you know, different pockets of friend groups, but when you were experiencing that, how important was that was that bond that y'all was building? Cause I mean, I mean, hell, you just you just hung up with Marcus this morning. I mean, and that was Yeah. Y'all still y'all still are all still bonded in a way. And when y'all get together, it's like no time has passed every time.
1: Yeah. Um shoot. When we was when it, it was the Tigers group, I mean, there was a time someone would get in trouble. And we 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 as a group of young teenagers, 13, 14 years old we was trying to find a solution to get the other friend out of trouble. Like we just-
0: Exclusive, like we just trusted, hold on.
1: <laughs> I mean, we just trusted each other, but it wasn't nothing like that. I mean, it was like some old stuff. We can't get in trouble for it now, but I mean, it was like, we you, you trying to find someone a phone because they mama just took someone, from, they, they mama just took their phone away. Like, you know, like, we just all wanted to see each other happy. So there was like, there was times for instance, I'll speak on my example. There was times I would get grounded, and Marcus Saddam would text my mama talking about, "Can keep do this? Can keep do that?" Knowing like everybody know my mama crazy.
0: Yeah, let's, let's get that. On the record. I mean, that was just, Your mom does not play on any man, level, on any man, level. Uh, There's no extra wiggle room. You don't get what she needs done. It's no phone, no nothing. All that's cut off.
1: On you know, my phone's gone. You know it's gone forever. It a minute. She don't care I got a basketball tournament in Hawaii the next day. I'm not going with no phone.
0: Right. I, I, I man, it was times when I was like, "Man, why can't I get a hold of this dude and I and then I started realizing, "Oh, she wanted him. This dude is going to be successful by any means necessary." I mean, that's the kind of approach that that your mom took to it. By any means necessary, There's not going to be no foolery involved with it. Yeah from from our from our perspective, you know, even going through middle school, going through high school, especially even starting in middle school, it became very clear people were treating you different than than the rest of the boys. You know what I'm saying? Like you just you got away with more. Uh but not at home. Yeah. Did you hey, start to recognize you no, getting away with more?
1: Like you talking about from coaches? Yes. Like, All yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was very noticeable. Because, like, like I said about the outsiders, once once offers come in and they say that you're going D1, the coach's thought process on everybody else is different than what they think about a D1 player. So, I mean, like there was times, like, I could get away going to, going to go get food from somewhere else for lunch. Nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there was other times somebody else would do it, boom, they got ISS for a week. So, i mean yeah I, I' definitely seen the bias
0: so when you're getting those type of yeah you're getting that type of bias you, 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 you're having those type of advantages over other people in your circle, how do you stay grounded how do you stay humble to uh, and and still manage to take care of business even though you're clearly getting away with things that other people can't get away with
1: um uh... Sometimes I brush it off because I really, I really don't like the attention. I mean, I like the I like attention on me, but when it comes to situations like he treating somebody different, than I don't like that attention towards me because then people are going to think that he's spoiled. Then people are going to think that I get whatever I want. But, like, you know, it's everything I've got, everything i accomplished, I have to work for, really. So, I mean, not even, like, outside of football and basketball, like, respect-wise, I had to work for that. Because, like going into the colony, me being a fat freshman, I mean, I had to work for my respect. They didn't even think I was gonna play wide receiver. They wanted me to play fullback, my first year, uh, high school football, and then me playing on JV, knowing I should have been on varsity as a freshman playing basketball. It was, I had to work for it. So, outside of, like, when it comes to stuff like that, I really don't. Um, I'm very nonchalant, you know that. So I mean. If somebody say something like that to me, I really want to even take offense to it because I worked for it. But at the same time, I I got to stay humble about it because then I might come off cocky to somebody and then they're going to have another different approach on me.
0: That happens. That's been happening. I've been watching yeah. it happen your whole, you know, my, my entire existence with you. You come off arrogant to people and I, you know, it's like, I just don't know that. I mean, I see it. I understand it. I understand why people say that. But that's not the guy I know. I know. um, And it sounds like what you're saying right now is that, um, it sounds like what you're saying right now is that, um, yeah, I did get a little, I got some privileges here and there. And I don't want anybody to be treated as lesser than me. But as far as me getting these privileges, I did, I did work for these. I earned, I earned, I earned some of this. You know, that's your, that's your mindset on it yeah that is but yeah did it did it ever it's the last thing I asked about this did it ever when things start separating when it became very clear that people were treating you different, I mean, you were going in a different trajectory i mean and 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 these guys are so this is what I love about you know this group of guys, nobody had jealousy in their heart. it was all you know, and to this day they still cheer for you um but did, when it when it started separating a little bit, did you feel a way about that? Is it something you kind of? I mean, I don't want. I'm almost like. Did you feel any kind of guilt about that, or you just was like, like I said, I earned this. Uh,
1: no, but at the same time, I wasn't. I wasn't about to switch up on them because I mean, like for instance, anybody, anybody on the Tigers, they know they can hit me up. I'm not about to blow no one off. Anybody they DM me on Instagram, I'm gonna respond. Because at the same time. Outside of my other friends, those were the ones that I started with. Like you know, you know, they say you eat. Uh, I'm gonna eat with who I started with. Yeah, people yeah. don't know what we went through. People don't know about the San Antonio trip on, with man. all of us.
0: Come on, man. This is a friendly podcast people, now.
1: Come on, man. People, people don't know that you that we had to walk to the gym because everybody was mad about the way we played at uh, at a tournament. They don't know. They don't know everything we had to go through. They don't know we had to. We had to leave school. We couldn't even go see our girlfriends after middle school because we had to walk to Ms. Maryland House because we had to perform. Uh, we had to practice for our new addition thing for the banquet. It was. It was so much stuff going on. when We were the youngest, so I mean, I'm. Not, I'm not gonna switch up on them. I can't. It's so like at the same time, yeah, they they know his love on this side,
0: it and we'll meet them at the top eventually. Things. What'd you say,
1: man? I said, I'm going to meet them at the top eventually. Whether oh, yeah, yeah. I everybody's, mean, some of them are not even going to play sports. Yeah, everybody good. So everybody's good. Business people that's the it. thing.
0: Like, everybody's going their way. Everybody's good. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you know, the lights is the light. And I'm not saying when I say pull away, I'm just saying the lights got brighter on you. You know what I mean? That's just what yeah. it was. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a fact. It's just a fact. It ain't nobody, not me knocking anybody else. It's yeah. just a fact. You know, you know, I, I got personal feelings about a lot of this stuff, but, but I'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So with us, it was always more about the development of, you know, of, of y'all as young people and, and productive individuals, you know, because if you was down with us, you was down with us. It didn't matter what your trajectory was. I, you know, you were, you were there, you were playing. But it came a time when, like, your mom came to me and said, he says he's serious about this, so I'm going to start pulling him away to do different things. And I honestly didn't feel a way about that. Like I really wanted to see that happen, you know, because I wanted to see you get every opportunity. And I would have done the same thing even for you know my own son. Uh if it was if it was something there, you know. Yeah. So you pulled away a little bit. I mean you kept coming back in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you pulled away and you started working on, I think you played for that crab five team, and then you was
1: no, I played. I played for the Defenders, Houston yeah, Defenders. Defend, that was the UAA was the yellow jerseys, right? Crap. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, and then, I mean, you was doing your thing. I mean, you, you, you it, it, I'm about to get off basketball. Before I get off basketball, I just want to know, like, how do you feel about the way you ended your basketball career? And then we're gonna to shift to football.
1: I feel like I ended it good, but. I don't think it's over now, now that I'm going to Commerce. Well,
0: there is no end.
1: Yeah, I mean, the w- the way I ended it in high school, I mean, I still regret some play. I still, to this day, I still think about certain plays from playoff games, especially senior year when we played Pollyville uh, Heritage, mm-hmm. and then sophomore year when we played Frisco Lone Star. There's still plays that rem- remind me of my mind, like, if I if I had this one rebound, it would have sealed the game. If I would have made this one free throw instead of dunking it and missing it, I should have just laid it up. Like there was that, there's plays that still I still reminisce about in my head that can change a change a game and make us go farther in the playoffs than expected.
0: You, you never you never forget them losses. All right, all right. Never forget them, especially the critical ones. When you uh when you are recognizing that you know you can actually make a way. your family uh through your athleticism um I want to talk about the mental health that goes into uh, or you know just basically the mental status that goes into being kind of a standout athlete at the high school level and also you know not that your mom would ever put that type of pressure on you but did you put any pressure on yourself to you know I got to do this for the family
1: yeah I mean Every time I tell my mama that, she tells me that I'm, I'm I don't need to be worrying about her and the boys because she got it. But at the same time, I, I do need to worry about them because there's days, you know, how my little brothers get there's days mom be over, overwhelmed from work, and then boom, my little brothers come in here all all ten, ten plus that their energy level is through the roof. My mom, she's been wanting to chill out and relax, and then. Say, say my youngest brother breaks something and then DJ, the second youngest, is mad about a game or whatever, he and their crime, my mama overwhelmed and stuff. And there's been times she has been calling me and you could you can hear in her voice that she's stressed and overwhelmed. But it messes, it messes with athletes' mental health when when you go to a school and you know that you're that you're doing everything right and you're bothering out and stuff like that, but the coaches don't see it. Or they do see it and they, they'll acknowledge it, but when the time comes, they don't they don't make change. Like there's times that a player would do the wrong assignment and he'll be a senior, do the wrong assignment, and then boom, you get in, you do it right. There's no acknowledgement. But at the same time, I don't be wanting acknowledgement for them. I just want them to know that I'm working and stuff. Uh, I want my coaches to know I'm working, but you know at the are. same time, yeah, it you know it messes with yeah, it messes it messes with players' mental health because outside of football and basketball, I mean, that's what I grew up doing. So if I stop playing football and basketball, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then, to, and then me not playing, that messes with my mental health because I'm trying to help my mama and my two little brothers out. She's a single mom at the house. We've been in and out of houses. When me and her, like there was been times me and my mama, we had to, we had to stay in South Dallas at my aunt's house. Because she can't, she can't pay rent for the month for for the apartment we were staying in. But keep in mind, my school is all the way in Carrollton, so we was driving an hour plus early in the morning, six a.m. to for me to get to school. And then when she had my brothers, we got we moved out of the house. We had to move to Fort Worth. You know that we had to move to Fort Worth, and every morning we had to wake up at five a.m. just to drive to the colony so she could drop me off at TC. So when those 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 moments replay back in my head when i'm not playing or, or they really they really replay back in my head when i'm at the games that's what hurt the most when i'm at the games watching them play knowing i should be on the field knowing i should be making plays but they don't see that and then there was another thing at Colorado like they didn't they didn't really care about the mental health so there was been times like i'll get deep down on myself and they they didn't have no answer for it. So, yeah, mental health plays a big part in athletes.
0: The only thing I can say to relate to some of that is when, uh you know, I would do all of these things and pull all of this stuff together to get the money and get the transportation and get the hotels together and get the practice times and jerseys and everything, do all of this stuff to get y'all going for on the tournament. And then I get there. And then, like, somebody, some, some tournament official or some ref would, like, you know, basically cheat. And in my mind, I know I'm looking, you know, I'm looking like I'm just an angry dude. But I, in my mind, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you don't know what, it, what I did to, to yeah. get, get here. And all I'm asking you to do is be fair. And that's kind of sound like some of the same thing you're saying. You don't know what I did to get here. I just want you to be fair. I don't need you to give me nothing.
1: No, that's um, how that's 100% true.
0: When, uh, before I jump to Colorado, I want to talk about can you define life really? And tell me if I'm wrong about this is, is there, is there, is there like a break in life in your line of life that would say before Sports Center top 10 and after Sports Center top 10? Uh,
1: before Sports Center, before. I mean, is, that, is that
0: a real thing? Like, is that, can you say like, oh man, it was different before that?
1: Yeah. Before, before I even made Sports Center top 10, I didn't have no offers.
0: I mean, I had one
1: offer. I had one offer from Kansas. But after, yeah, especially being in high school and everybody, everybody in the areas, like if you want to, if you went to Hebron or you want to any of the Frisco schools or you went to Little Elm, you know people at the colony. And the same thing for the colony. So, I mean, everybody around. So before Sports Center, I didn't, I only had that Kansas offer, but after Sports Center, I had all, I had 30 plus offers. And then just going to the mall, it'll be someone, oh, you the one that had the catch. You, you did that catch with the roof, stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, there is a, I, you could say that because before Sports Center, I was really a nobody, but I was really a somebody at the same time to after Sports Center, I was really like a
0: somebody. Yeah, the, 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 that, that one catch, didn't give you extra athletic ability or better hands or none of that. It was just somebody saw you. Yeah. Basically. You, went, you say you went from one offer to 30. How long, like yeah. what, how long did that take to go from one to 30? Was it like overnight?
1: Um, no, nah, I, I, I remember this for sure. After, after that catch, it went on Sports Center and it went on overtime. The next day, I got an offer from Texas Tech. And uh, I forgot the other school. But the next day is when I started getting offers. The next day coaches started following me. And then throughout my whole junior season, that's when I started getting offers. But it was, it was some days, it was some days, like for instance, when we played Little Elm at TC, I got three offers in one day from Georgia Tech, UNT, and I think it was San Diego State. And then the next time we played at Little Elm, I got another three offers that same day. I think it was like Kansas State uh old miss and i forgot the other one but there was there was some days i got more than one offer in a day whether it was back to back like coaches would be lined up in our field house just we'd just be in individual room they'll come in and talk to us or right we're offering they'll walk out next coach they didn't offer but the next coach that was in line he offered it got overwhelming at first because i mean there was times i might i might have a, i might might have had an offer in high school and I don't even know that I had the offer because it was times I got overwhelmed. Coaches was texting me out the blue coaches was coming to the school. I forgot to write down the school that offered me, but yeah, I got those, I got all my offers really junior year throughout the whole football basketball
0: season. When, um, do you ever sometimes stop? Cause that's a lot. Like that's, that's a, that's a, you basically said nobody was paying attention to, all of a sudden, they're lining up outside. Yeah. Do you ever think about what your life would have been like if that catch? I'm not saying if you don't even make the catch, but if they don't record that catch and it doesn't get on Sports Center top ten, do you ever think about what your life would be like if that doesn't happen?
1: Uh, I don't think I don't think my life would have changed anything. I mean, I think I still would have balled out throughout those games, but the catch was like a bonus because. People like the people on Sports Center. When I talk to people on Sports Center, they said that catch was probably, I don't know if they was over exaggerating, but they said that catch was like the second biggest catch outside of Odell Beckham's. And I mean that's what everybody on Twitter was referring that catch to. And I mean like for instance, Michael Crabtree, um not Eddie Lacy, uh, Leonard Fournette, like they all they all retweeted it. There was some big time people that retweeted that catch. So that catch gave me an extra boost, but I don't think that I don't think that catch would have defined me really.
0: So for somebody out there, some of these younger people out there um, that are getting ready to, you know, and go into this process of recruiting, give let's give your take on the good, the bad, the ugly of recruiting, the 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 stress, the pressure, uh, all the all the BS to uh, what it does to your uh mental health, everything that goes into that process for you? Because cause that catch was what, uh, you were a junior? Yeah. So you still had a year of school left. Yeah. And you had choices to make, but, you know, not a, not a line, like you said, line up at the door. So what? tell me about that whole good, bad, ugly recruiting process overall.
1: The good thing about recruiting is, I mean, they're showing you a lot of love. Love that you wouldn't even see from college coaches, really. I love you wouldn't expect to get, like, coaches calling you every day, checking up on you, trying to see how the family doing. They're just trying to get a bond with you. Like, they're trying to gain your trust, really. So they're they're just showing you love. So that's the good thing about it, really. The bad thing is the love that they're showing you is fake. Like, the fake love that they're showing you is, like, it's in disguise. Like they're not
0: When do you know it's fake? Do you know when you're going through or do you know now looking back it was all fake? I know.
1: I know now looking back. So if I was if I was a football athlete, if I could go back in time with everything I know now, I don't think I would have made the de- decision to go to Colorado. Cause really? when it comes to recruiting, you gotta you gotta not just go to a school because of the name, not not think of it like I'm trying to get away from home because when you go to school, you will be homesick. There's days that you don't want to go to work out. You probably want to go home. There's days they're not giving you a chance and there's nothing you could do because you're 13 hours away from the home, from home. There's times that you don't even have money to buy you a plane ticket to go home. But the main bad thing about recruiting is the love, the fake love that they're showing you. Sometimes it don't be real love. And also, it's stressful because they be making, the coaches want you to make a decision ASAP. Like, after you take a visit, I don't think there's any football athlete that took an official visit and the head coach didn't have a meeting with them and their parents and said, do you want to commit now? I mean, you're on the spot. So there was times, like, for instance, when I committed to Kansas, he pulled me and my mama in the office and said, do you want to commit now? 10 minutes prior to that meeting, my mom already told me she don't want me to commit. But it was just in the moment, in the spot. You don't want to say no to the coach really because this might be a one-in-lifetime a lifetime opportunity. Because if you say no, they can just go find somebody else and offer them. They can commit on spot. And you don't have a even you don't have a committable offer no more. So it was a so at time, yeah. I looked it's at my funny, mom. You walk out of that
0: room, you walk out of that room, you might not get this chance.
1: Yeah, there was that time I looked at my mom, she shrugged her shoulders and I said, Yeah. But the good thing about it is that you can't if you can verbal commit, but you but you're not actually going to that school until you sign them papers on that dotted line. So yeah. Bad thing about recruitment is the fake love and the stress. But the ugly is that once you sign your paper on that dotted line, I'm not I'm not gonna say they have control over you because when I went to Colorado, they didn't have have no control over me. It like, but they have control over you. Once you sign them dotted line, the recruitment, everything that they said in the recruitment process, that is going down the drain. Unless you just have a big name to you. That's really all it is. Unless you got a big name and they're giving you money. But outside of that, if as soon as you sign them dotted line and you get to that school, they're gonna treat you just like you, a nobody. That's how I felt really, because it just felt like high school all over again. Freshman year, none of my coaches at the Colony messed with me like that, really. Mm-hmm. There was some coaches, I mean, there was coaches I'm cool with at Colorado when I was a freshman at the Colony, but there was times that the coaches, the main coaches, they didn't rock with me. So the ugly about recruitment is that they're going to they gonna treat you like you're a nobody. And it messes with your mental health because if you're an athlete and you're getting offers, the co- the coaches are going to have the coach that's recruiting you and the head coach, they're gonna to come to your house and they're gonna have a house visit. We let we let the man the people let people, I said people let people, people let these coaches come in their house, sit on their couches, look their mom in the face, telling me, telling them your son's gonna play, your son's gonna do great things here, he's gonna to go to the league, all this stuff that she wants to hear. And then in your mind, you like, yeah, you about to be that guy. And then when the time comes and you get to the school, they don't they don't stand on nothing that they told you. And then say for instance they do and they bring it up, and they will make a joke about it and be like the recruitment process over with. So it's like a business really. They just they really just selling dreams. That's the ugly about recruitment. They just selling dreams and they just they're trying to, at the end of the day, they're trying to get paid and they're not trying to get fired from whatever school they're going to they're just trying to get their money and they're just trying to stay out the way so they're going to sell dreams and do whatever they can to get their money so it's really a selfish game when it comes to recruitment
0: when you taking in everything you just said i want to go back to that meeting with kansas now you years later you in the room with keith miller the fourth now you know more than you and your mom knew at that time how does that meeting go differently, knowing everything you know about the game right now? Mm,
1: I would I would tell my son, not even. Like my mama did to me, tell she would tell me not to commit. But my mom, she didn't tell me that they was going to ask me the question. they like on spot, wanting to answer on spot because she never knew that. But now that I know that, I'll tell my son whatever he says just tell him that you're going to talk to your parents you're going to just keep thinking about your exploring options because that's what coaches want they want to ask you on spot because they know that they're going to get you to commit on spot there's some guys that they'll just say no straight up and they'll be like I'm still looking at options but i would say like 85% of the guys they're going to commit on spot cuz they're not used to it it's like it's like a detective with a flashlight or a lamp in your face asking you 30 questions in a minute uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to keep up with it. And you just might, you might just fold and be like, yeah, I want to commit. Big so,
0: time it's big time
1: yeah. pressure. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, there's some pressure for sure.
0: So what was it that, uh, what was it that got you to, you know, so you decommitted to Kansas and then you committed yeah. to tech, right?
1: No, I was committed to Tech, and then I decommitted from Tech and went to Kansas.
0: Okay, so w- going behind all these decisions, how do you get from this place to this place and eventually end up taking a taking offer from Colorado?
1: Well, Kansas, Kansas was my first offer, and then Tech was my second. But the bond that I had with my the wide receiver coach that was recruiting me throughout my sophomore and junior year, but he didn't offer me till my junior year. Me and him had a strong bond. And he's from Dallas, so – and he's known for putting wide receivers in the league. So, when he was at Tech, I committed there. And then Tech – I went to the Texas Tech versus Baylor game at the AT&T Stadium, and it was a play-in game for the playoffs. And if Texas Tech lost Coach Kingsbury, who's their head coach, which is the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals now, he was going to get fired. So, Texas Tech lost – I think they lost by, like, three – if not even three, like two or one, they lost. And then, like 30 minutes after they left, after the game was over, they posted on social media that the coach got fired. And we, I was just sitting in the car. Coach, you had a bond with, got fired. No, nah, Coach Kingsbury, the head coach at Texas the Tech. Head
0: coach, got, Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, go ahead. So, the coach, the coach I had a bond with, his name is Coach Emmett Jones. He's, which is crazy because he's back at Texas Tech now. He just got the job back at Texas Tech. He, uh, he texted me and was like, wherever I go, I want you to go with me. But he also was telling me that he's not trying to leave Texas Tech. So if they fired Kingsbury, he might have a job at him getting, like, the intern head coaching job or whatever. But it didn't go that way. He texted me, like, a day after and said they fired him. So I asked him where he was going. He still didn't know. He eventually texted me again, told me that he was going to Kansas. I was like, set it up, because I was just trying to go wherever he went. I was like, set up an official. I want to take an official. And it was just a coincidence, because Kansas coach has been hitting me up all day, every day, telling me if they want me to come. So I eventually went and took a visit with him. And then it was, I mean, it was nice. It was nothing bad about Kansas, but I committed there because I wanted to be with him. I wanted to be coached by him. So then that was my junior year. Going in after the after football season, I decided to decommit because I kept getting all these offers. I kept I decided to decommit from Kansas because I kept getting all these offers. And I feel like I made a decision too early because like I said, when I got in the meeting room and they asked me if I wanted to commit, I folded and I just said yeah. But I feel like it was like I was taking it was too much pressure on myself. So I decided to decommit. Offers kept coming, offers kept coming and then Colorado hit me and they offered me and then the coach the the pictures that the coaches kept showing me of Colorado it was just different like being from Dallas you don't see mountains and the snow and stuff like that so i just thought it was cool just to stay somewhere else stay out of the and out uh stay out of texas and i'm also at the time was trying to get away from home like i said but yeah they offered me i took a visit up there my mama loved it i loved it we thought it was the spot. The way that they was talking to us and treating us, they was treating us different than they was treating anybody else on the visit. Like they was treating us like we was like Obama and Michelle. So the way that they going was back, treating us. I'm like
0: going back to what you were saying earlier about when you, when when they, when they, when they, when they trying to, you know, when they were recording you, when they're recruiting you, it's different.
1: Yeah. So they was just, they was telling us everything we wanted to hear, but they, I mean, he was telling me like, yeah, you are gonna have to work for it with the whoop, stuff like that. So I mean, I wasn't worried about that, but the stuff that he was telling us and the stuff that, the way he was acting towards us about how I was gonna play and make an impact as a freshman, there was no other six five. There's still not even a six five football player on that roster that plays wide receiver to this day. So I mean, like I thought I had an advantage on everybody. I'm six five two fifteen. I'm about to go ball out stuff like that. He wanted me to ball out. He was saying I was going to ball out. And then the time came, and the favoritism started to show. So, like, there was times, like, he would get mad at me for a blocking assignment, but the wide receiver that has been there for three years did the same thing, and he talking about, it's okay, I know you'll get in the game. But when I got to Colorado, it was different. It was It was different than what I – what I expected and there was times like the freshmen the freshmen in my class they was getting mad about not playing and stuff because I mean our freshman class should have played everybody in my freshman class should have played in whatever position whether it was running back wide receiver quarterback Gonzo played at corner D like whoever anybody in my freshman class I feel like everybody should have played but they had favorites that they wanted to see ball out but they was not living up to that so there was times The players wouldn't even show up to practice. They was late to the players, like the team meetings that we had. It's okay. I'll handle him. That's what our our coach would say to the head coach. Didn't do anything. So that's when I started realizing, all right, yeah. That was during the COVID year. So I decided to stay one more year. I decided to stay one more year. And I was like, I'm I'm about to focus and just ball. Just focus on me. Get bigger, get stronger, get faster. That's what I was doing throughout that whole summer. The strength coach was putting in a good word for me. Fall camp, I was balling out, which was in August. I was balling out, going against Gonzo and stuff like that. Oh, I'm, I'm going
0: to pause you one second because I want to talk about that first year first before you go into your second year, all right? Because okay. that's when – first I want to ask you, do you think that is that, that experience you had was a universal experience – when you talk about going from recruiting to, to being a freshman, and then I want to ask you to, to stop because this is the part that's important for somebody out there that might be experiencing the same thing. What were you going through mentally? Basically, n- n- you were, you know, you were everything just a couple months ago and now they're treating you like you're nothing. Yeah. Uh, what were you going through in your mind? I mean, I know, but I yeah. want you to talk about at the time, I was
1: I was down on myself. I was really depressed because, like, you tell me one thing, but you doing another. Like, you showing another another side of you I never even seen. And then, like, for instance, when I said I was mad, when the freshman class was mad about, like, the freshman wide receivers was mad about not playing because we should have been playing, he would be like, this is not recruitment. Like, this is not recruiting talk no more. Like, this is real life. Like, this is a business. That's what you tell us. So, I mean, that's when I realized that, some coaches are two-faced and they're not like the person that they say that they are. And the way that they make everything seem on Twitter and Instagram, that's just for the, that's just for like the likes and the, the comments and stuff like that. They're not like that in real life.
0: So is it possible for somebody that's, that's that's getting recruited right now or is about to get recruited real soon? Is it possible for them to identify and spot some of this stuff or is it just, it's it's no way you're going to find out when you find out?
1: I don't know, because it's, it's just different for different schools. Like, for instance, I didn't have no one at Colorado that I knew like that to ask them, what's the coach like? What's, is this coach like this? Is he like – is he cool? Is he really like that? But if anybody asks me about Colorado or about a certain coach, I'm going to tell them the truth, because I'm not about to have no one in the same shoes as me. So when it comes to – like, for instance, like we had players – we had uh, some high schoolers from Dallas – like the Dallas area, Allen, Plano and stuff like that, that came on business. And I'll tell them the truth, like it's not what you think it is. And like they'll think it is because he'll show me the messages, like, yeah, he talked about I'm gonna be a good player, the but I'll show them the messages, the same messages that he's sending you, he sent to all of us. Like it's it's a it's a business. They they're doing that because they wanna get paid. The more people they get to commit, they get a bonus. I guess it's stuff that goes on behind the scenes and then like say oh, for instance oh, I
0: never knew that. you trying to tell me to yeah. get a bonus for the no. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's stuff that people people that if you don't play football, you definitely won't see it. But if you're if you're a high school player that's going to be playing college football soon, it's stuff that goes behind closed doors that nobody know about. And that's why everybody leaving – I don't want to bring it up, but, I mean, that's why everybody leaving Colorado because there's so much stuff that went on at Colorado that people don't know about. And people think – like, for instance, people think I'm on Twitter just trying to be an ass because I'm speaking the truth. Like, there's stuff – the stuff that happens in the dark always comes to the light. That's why I wasn't even sweating on posting stuff on social media. I mean, I post stuff on social media here and there because I was just frustrated because, like, for instance – like, you know, I have been playing football since high school. Yeah. So – there was there's there was a lot of stuff that was going on that people would not know about.
0: It's just like politics should not play a role in playing time. I mean, I, 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 I yeah. feel like I'm not saying that for you. I feel like that's what you're saying. No, that's no, that's a
1: lot of politics. It's it's a lot of stuff that be going on that I didn't even know about. I still there's there's probably some stuff I still don't even know about that other players do know about. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of politics. It's a lot of people that's, like, a mayor or a governor for the state or, like, they got their own dealership, a car dealership that a coach is trying to get a car, so he has to play his son. Like, it's a lot of stuff that goes on. That's crazy. That, Yeah, it's, it's a business, though, at the same time, but it's a lot.
0: So I don't want to skip over because I, I watched you in that time period, man and i i, I mean I, i'm i'm asking questions as if you know just to get people to see it but i saw it and uh you, we we were facetime and you was actually calling me pretty frequently and um i just never seen you look like that and it was hard to watch you know it was hard to watch you know and then you went into your sophomore year really optimistic i mean you felt mm-hmm. like you know you felt like it was okay you did what you did freshman year y'all did that to me but you know, this year is going to be the year I get to do my thing a little bit. I put in the work in the summertime. Yeah. I show up, and it's the same, same stuff, same, same shit, same stuff. Literally. So you're already in a bad way. Like I've seen it. Your freshman, you were already in a bad way. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you maintaining now? Going into a second year, thinking like, man, I can't. Because you probably thought I could have left then. Yeah. But I stayed because obviously somebody had to convince you to stay because I, I know how you were that freshman year. There was no way you just stayed on a hope and a wish. Somebody had to talk mm-hmm. to you.
1: I mean, yeah, my teammates talked to me but at the same time. It was like part of it was on me, but part of it – most of it was on them really because the part that was on me is because of the way that they was treating me to make me act like this. So, yeah, yeah the players – the players wanted me to play because they knew they know my potential. They know I I should have been playing. But the coaches, they just wanted to see other people play. They wanted to see – they was forcing other people to play, really. Like there was – like there's players that went to Colorado that didn't even want to make it to the league. All
0: right, so I want to go back to, again, a little bit more on your freshman year at Colorado. And what you told us is that you were not playing. You arrived there with the expectation to play, correct?
1: Well, like you said, I was expecting to play. But like like I said previously, our coach, he said that the recruiting was over with. So coming to a realization, the recruitment talk was over with. Everything that they were saying basically was flushed down the drain. And I felt, I felt kind of betrayed it because – I mean, you sat in my house and told my mama something, and told me something, and then act totally different. Now I wouldn't say clueless, but act totally different than what you told me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I felt betrayed it for sure, and then I also felt played because I mean, you lied in front of my mama about my, you know, my
0: career. So you you hear when you hear him say recruitment's over, that. Uh, that inspired, that sparks basically a feeling of betrayal because you feel like you've already said this, and now by you saying that, that recruitment's over, you're almost admitting that I said all that stuff just to get you here. Now that yeah. you're here, it's different. You lied. Yeah, basic, basically. That's, I mean, I mean that basically, sounds like right. that's true, 100%. I mean, yeah, right. it was
1: yeah, it was basically a lie. I mean, basically, it was a lie and then rub it in your face because, I mean, you didn't have to say the recruitment's over it. Like, that's basically saying that you lied and then you going to rub it in my face knowing that you lied about it.
0: So, not only that, now, now, now it's not only betrayal, you also, you kind of feel like you're being attacked. Yeah. And you're going from back that, to your from Go ahead.
1: That coaching experience. Yeah. I said, from that coaching experience, yeah, I feel attacked.
0: So, you're going back to your room, you know? and talk to me about you know i've seen you like i said i've seen you i saw your face talk to me about what you're going through mentally you know I, when i saw you you know your energy was down you know what i mean it was just it, it wasn't all your charisma was kind of it was lifeless a little bit man so i want you to talk to somebody yeah. t- talk talk to us about what that was like for you man what were you really going through what were you thinking I mean- about like I said
1: before, I was I was depressed, I was down. And then I mean football is supposed to be a getaway for some athletes. Oh. For some like I said previously as well. Mm-hmm. Some athletes they didn't even take football seriously. Like the people that was in front of me at my position, they didn't even want to make it to the league. They were just playing football because so they just had the opportunity to play, but they don't they don't have dreams and aspirations of going to the league. Everything, everything that they get is from their parents, they're, they're spoons. like players are spoon fed. So they used to hearing yes, but that was one thing. So, I mean, already, already being depressed about me not planning stuff and then me knowing that I should be playing was messing with my mental. So I was depressed. I was, I felt betrayed. Like I said, there was sometimes I would wake up and I wouldn't want to like, I would call mom. Sometimes I wouldn't even tell my mama this because she's thirteen hours away. She's already going through what she's going through with my brothers. I don't want to put more stress on her plate. But I mean, there was sometimes I would have to break down to my mama and tell her like, I don't even want to be here. When I say here, I'm talking about like on earth. Like there was times like it was it got to that point like I was just thinking about ending it all. And I mean, I called certain friends and told them like, hey, this morning I I damn near almost thought about doing it to myself. But like I don't want to. At the same time, I had those feelings, but I don't want to leave my brothers and my mom. I mean, that was that was really the main thing. Like, I really wanted to. Yeah, it was times I didn't even want to be here. There was other times I would, I would wake up in the morning and be like, "What do What do I need to go to practice for?" So I'll text them and tell them like I was sick. Like, yeah, I don't feel good. Everybody on the team know, know I'm perfectly fine, but everybody on the team know that if they if they wanted, they wouldn't have got this side of me if I had either a fair chance or I would have had the truth being told to me if I would have had the truth being told to me that I wasn't going to play I wouldn't even want there. but depression yeah it was it was a pain so at the time they was just telling me to go to PHP for people that don't know who PHP is just physical health performance so anything about drugs enhancements or mental health you got to go through them I don't know. I feel like it was a big scam because Coach would tell me to go talk to him. Like, I would tell him, like, Coach, like, you making me not want to play football no more. Like, I love football, but he made me not want to play football no more. I was supposed to be happy to go to practice. But I was going to practice mad throughout the whole day. So, he would just tell me, when you talk to PHP, like, I don't want to talk to PHP. I want to talk to y'all. Like, I need to talk to my coaches to know, like, what am I doing wrong for me not to be playing? They just bypassed it. I think, like, literally, I'm not just saying this for the likes and retweets and stuff like that, but, like, anybody that went to the University of Colorado for college for they like, brush it off and just tell me, go talk to PHP, go talk to PHP. Well, that's your, you're not talking to PHP. Like, PHP can do so much. And me, you know this, because me personally, I'm not opening up to nobody that I don't know. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to go to another group of people to open up about my mental health, to talk and I'm gonna tell them everything. I'm not about to tell them everything because they say the deal. That's another lie. It's not confidential. Everything I just told the therapist, how does my coach know? Like how does he know? I never signed no paper saying you could tell him nothing. I didn't do none of that, but somehow, some way he knows. So I mean it's all over the place. So
0: that breaks that trust. Yeah, but my mental health when I wasn't,
1: yeah, that broke that. That broke that trust. I mean the trust was already broken because I wasn't playing, I mean, you told me I was playing, but the, the mental health, that's, that's what a lot of athletes go through is mental health. I mean, the coaches don't see that. They just, they say it's selfish because we're putting ourselves first before the team. But at the same time, it gotta be a little selfish because say someone do end up hurting himself or killing himself over this. Y'all gonna be in the news and the social media talking about he was such a good player. He has so much potential. But, like, people don't know what happened behind closed doors. Except we sent him to PHP.
0: Team. We did what we could. We sent him to PHP, right?
1: Yeah. We tried getting him help. He's a good player. I wish he would have talked to us. That's the thing. They don't be trying to talk to us. Our coaches be telling people, they be telling recruits. Coaches will tell recruits that their door is open 24-7. Their door is closed 24-7. They're not they're not trying to talk to like literally, they're not trying to talk to nobody. If you're not a star player, talking about them. they're not trying to talk to you about your outside life, how your mom's doing, none of that. I mean, but there was, I mean, there was some real coaches at Colorado that helped me. Like they would like they helped me. Like, for instance, they they told like one, like the uh the defensive back coach, Gonzo's coach, he would call the players and tell us drugs is coming up like. Yeah, wow, y'all need to be on your p's and q's or y'all got enhancement uh enhancement tests coming up to see if y'all been taking steroids everybody everybody on the team but the thing is my coach my position coach wouldn't tell me that so that's why i also felt like he wanted me to get picked off or he he don't want me to he don't want me to be aware of situations like this or something like how does it everybody on the team gets the text message except keith how does how did how does everybody on the team know that this is about to happen except Keith? How does everybody on the team know that there's team dinner at your house at seven except Keith? So, yeah. So not
0: manager, only are you not, are you not one, uh, uh, not only are you not connecting with this man, now you feel like you had conflict with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. There was some days I had to. There were some days I had to say what I had to say because like, I was tired of holding my tongue. So. I hate to say it, but there was yeah, there was days I had to say what like what I really felt, how I really felt. But I, I held most of it in. But yeah, I let some of the coaches have it because it's it's players on the team that would say how they feel, but they never said it, never express it. But that's not me. It gets to the point, like yeah, if I'm mad about something, I'm gonna say it.
0: So how how were you? You know, you're out there by yourself. I mean, for the most part. How how did you you know PHP isn't helping, and coaches aren't opening themselves up to speak to you about the things that are bothering you? How are you getting through?
1: My mom. Some days, I mean, some days I wouldn't even tell my mama, so I would just had to thug it out, just chill out, relax, go hang out with some of my teammates, get my mind off it. But other times, when I was already down, I had to tell my mom. She, she know how to calm me down really but my mom she' he's the one that helped me most of the
0: time was it at all a factor to your stress to see you know you got close friends all over the you know in different areas of the country playing and some of them are having some success you know and I I know knowing you knowing you the way I know you do I know you're not hating or, or jealous or anything like that but it's still got to make you feel away right? yeah yeah it it
1: makes me feel away, like, way but I mean also the, like you said I have I have players all over the country like they would I'll congratulate them but they will always respond back say thank you like why are you not playing like what's going on at Colorado I'm putting in a word for you at my school like stuff like that so I mean the players the players that I congratulate they know I should be playing that's why I'm also not even tripping about it because like at the same time, they don't know the whole situation, but they know that I should be playing somehow, some way, somewhere, at least given the opportunity. I wasn't even given the opportunity.
0: So, yeah, you, you haven't played uh, a regulation football game since high school.
1: In three years, yeah. you going the last to. Last game I played was Independence, I mean, Lancaster in the playoffs. That was my last game. So. Me watching their film when I took my visit there, I was watching their film and I was like just picturing myself in their shoes. Like there was certain plays that they didn't use the right route, route release or something like that. And me coming from a power five school, I know that they would listen to me, like trying to help them out. And then like I told my mama, they only have four they only got four scholarship receivers, including myself when we report back. And two of them are slot receivers. So they're small guys. They're like five eight, five nine. They got like one six two guys. And then me being 6'5". So, I mean, I feel like that was the best the best opportunity for me. The other schools, like, they were big schools, but, like, they weren't – they're not consistent. They weren't hitting me up. They weren't telling me what my role would be if I play. Their coach was hitting me up every day. He told me what role. So, I feel like Commerce was the best fit for me and my family, because I'm close to home, and then I get an opportunity to play early.
0: Uh, now that you have made this choice back home, how is your how's your uh, how you been feeling emotionally? You know, is everything coming back around? I mean, you said a lot in that last you know uh, in that last little segment we were talking about Colorado. So I'm wondering how you doing now.
1: Um, I feel good about the decision. I just know when I ball out, everybody's gonna be like. Mm. Everyone's gonna know like the truth. Everybody at Colorado gonna realize that I should have been playing. I know people at Colorado gonna vouch for me, like you should have been playing here. I feel like once I ball out my first two games this year, everybody on Twitter, is gonna know how Colorado was treating everybody. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, like I put, like I put on Twitter, everything that happens in the dark comes to the light. That's why I don't even put my emotions towards anything like that, really, because once I ball out. I keep balling. I'm not going to be cocky about it, but I'm going to let Colorado know what I had, like how I was feeling. Because I know once I ball, I'm going to get interviewed about Colorado and stuff. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to tell them like how, like this. You could say that this this is a low D one, so I'm supposed to be doing this. But even if I was at a power five school with at Colorado playing against
0: anybody, it would be the same outcome. So you chip on your shoulders even bigger is what you're saying. Yeah way bigger battery in your back
1: mm-hmm.
0: well it's good man i'm glad uh i mean i'm I'm always glad to see you motivated i do want to make sure that you uh you know don't uh close yourself off to still processing some of this stuff because you know the things that you went through and how bad it got i don't want to say bad but you know that how dark it got um that stuff doesn't, doesn't go away or snap your fingers you know yeah. Uh, like so, make sure you're not closing yourself off to you know talking it out. And I remember when you would call you know, and, I, and you would try to we would talk it out for a little bit. And I just like I, I get out the phone and I'd be like, "Man, you're just not in the right space." And I almost I almost yeah. didn't know what to say to you. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what you because I felt like it, it puts it puts people that love you in a helpless situation because it's like you can't go in there and. You know, you know how I used to do when somebody, you know, I used to do when somebody was doing you wrong. I just pull up, you know, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> just pull up. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, oh him over there in the crowd. OK, let's go talk to him. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I can't do that stuff with you in Colorado. But so it, felt, it, made, it, made, us feel, it made me feel kind of helpless, man. But I'm glad you back home and, you know, under whatever circumstances you're here, uh, I'm glad to see you being happy. That's really what's most important um i guess before i wrap it up i just want to say i want to ask um what do you feel like you what have you feel like you've learned on this journey even though we go through adversities we go through things that that you know there are supreme struggles if we're paying attention we see why or the purpose for our struggles why do we go through this have you seen that yet uh and um what do you think it is?
1: Uh, 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 yes and no, because I say yes because I mean, everything happens for a reason. So that's why, at the same time, I'm not even stressing the whole situation because I know at the end, wherever, at whatever score, I'm going to ball out. And then, God bless me with the ability to go to the league, I'm going to go. But at the same time, all I want to do is ball out. But no, as well because you control what you can control. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I started. That's why I stopped even giving my energy to Colorado because there was nothing I could even control. So, like, I had the control what I could control. But when I got the opportunity to haul out at practice, I took full advantage of it.
0: People hear that stuff and they and and they think that that uh, college athletes for some reason, I don't know why I have it easy. You know, like they think that y'all have, it, especially yeah. when you had the, you know, you had a power five and they thinking, you know, that just paying for the education is kind of enough or giving you a free education is kind of enough. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people who think like that?
1: They, I don't even think they'll be able to see that for themselves in our shoes because like I like, they just see like the glamour like they don't see like the real stuff that goes on behind closed doors. It's a lot. They don't Yeah, it's a lot. Like we don't we don't get treated no different. Like some players, some players that I went to school, uh, Colorado with, they call they call it the Co- University of Colorado like the football facility, like they called it prison. That's what it felt like. The food wasn't good. We was in there all day, every day. They was never on time with what we had to do, like. We never went on script about what time practice in. They could say practice in at 1130. It really ended at 1250. Like, it was – like we was never – our coach was never honest with us. And they kept telling us that this is a player-led team. They never let the players lead it. Like, it was all over the place.
0: Was you calling around, talking to your friends, comparing situations? Did it feel like that all over the country? Or you feel like it was just a Colorado thing?
1: I mean – I would call players to see what their food was like because the food that we were eating, I feel like we shouldn't have been eating that because <laughs> another exaggeration, like the food was, there was sometimes the chicken was not even cooked. It was still bleeding. Like there was times we would, we would eat pancakes and we would pour the syrup out and the flour would come out the pan, uh the syrup bottle.
0: That's disgusting, man.
1: Like it was, it was a lot of stuff. There was sometimes they would feed us peanut butter and jellies. And the peanut the the bread would be stale or the bread would have mold on it. So we didn't eat the peanut butter and jelly. They would they deep fried it. You know the incrustibles? Yeah. You know the peanut they they deep fried the incrustibles because everybody didn't eat the incrustible during the games or whatever. And they made a burger out of it. Like the bun, cheese, meat, the uncrustable and in another bun. Yeah. So, I mean like that was stuff, there was
0: things that that sounds like some football prison players, uh, cookbook food, man. That sounds like some yeah, prison cookbook. Football
1: players, football players don't have no advantage. I mean, there, there's some good things that football players may get that other people won't get, but it's it's still the same. We don't get everything. We're not spoiled like that.
0: When you make it and you sit in front of the next generation, uh, it's always – people always go – if you're if you smart, and fortunate, you get to live by a certain code, a certain level of principles that kind of under underwrite everything you say and every message you put out. That's what I've learned over time. Yeah. I'm going to say a bunch of different things, but at the end of the day, it's all rooted in the same message. When you sit in front of the next generation after you make it, what is the one thing you want to leave them with? Like, there's, something you, there's one thing you want to leave them with before you walk away?
1: I going to say that... Our captain used to say, don't follow the crowd. Really? That that goes for every aspect in life. Like you just can't follow the crowd. What football wise, you can't you can't follow the cool football players and go with them everywhere because the people the people that they know are not gonna treat you the same way. They treat them. Outside of football, like you going you going out with your homeboys that don't even play football to like a party but you don't feel safe about it. Like you can't you can't follow what other, other people are doing. Like there's sometimes you don't have to make a decision for yourself. Like for me there was sometimes I wouldn't even go to a party in Colorado and then next morning I'll wake up 15 shot. 15 shot at. Like there was a big shootout, a shooting in Colorado, like five minutes, not even five minutes away from my apartment that I stayed in. The crowd's which gonna get you in trouble and the crowd is going to get you it's going to make you not even remember your goals, really.
0: All right, man. I appreciate you taking this time. It was good to talk to you, get some of this out. Um, uh, I'm grateful that over the years, man, we've been able to maintain this relationship. You know I love you, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you, brother. I'm going to be there. But – you owe me about $8090 for this Colorado merch that I can't do shit with now. So <laughs> run that. As soon as you make it, that's the first check you need to write, man. And an apology. I got you. I right, so say I love you, man. Take it easy. All right, man. I love you too. Well, there you have it, everybody. Keith Isaac Miller Third hope that uh, the purpose for this interview was served You got an opportunity to hear the vulnerability of uh, What it takes to be a college athlete Especially when things aren't going your way or as planned um, And get an understanding of how important it is to have The right support system around you to hold you up uh, And when you break down having the right type of love around you to build you back up Uh, I'm I'm personally uh, as you know a huge fan of the mother-son relationship and this has been one of my uh, favorite mother-son relationship to witness over the years Um, and I'm just I feel privileged to uh, to be exposed to it I appreciate uh, you all for listening I hope you got something out of it I know I did See you next time around.